We are live. We are live with Mark Alexander of Light Tuition. Welcome, everybody, to the first episode of the Vision Podcast, a podcast where we interview founders, co-founders, business owners, uh, anybody that's starting growing a business so we can get insight into you know how they founded it, why they founded it, and then some of the hurdles they're facing on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. So uh, on this very first episode, it was no one better than to invite uh, Mr. Mark Alexander. What's going on, man? How you doing, good brother? It's an absolute pleasure to be here tonight, especially to be the first episode. So keep in mind, 10 years later from now, where this is a global platform, do not forget the little guy that you interviewed the first time around, man. So this is exciting, man. Happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. I won't forget the little guy, but you're not the little guy, though. I won't forget <laughs> that, whoever that person is, but you're not the little guy at all. <laughs> yeah, you man. But I appreciate joining me, man. I appreciate joining me today. Like, um, you know, we go back to the accelerator. So me and Mark, to give you a background, me and Mark were in the same accelerator earlier this year. We was a National Black MBA Association accelerator uh, with his company, Light Tuition, my company, Base Parlor. And we, you know, we hit it off immediately. You know, one thing that I loved about Mark from the very beginning, he's very positive, um, very insightful and then like very sharing. So I remember when you were like, well, let me uh, I'm going to share with you all. So it was about 10 different startups in that accelerator. First thing he said, I'm going to share with you all these different grants. That I you know that I come across, I'm like, he ain't giving me no good grants, but this man's been out the the real deal. I was I was really shocked, man. So just when you being you know sharing made me want to share, so I started sharing you know the grants as well. Um, and, and you just elicit that elicit that natural that that you know just genuine person, man. You're just a really genuine person. I really appreciate it about you. Yeah, I appreciate that, brother. Definitely appreciate. It. And then likewise too, because uh, don't let it go without saying you're an amazing guy. That's why we're still in contact to this day, you have that spirit of mentorship, spirit of growing, but the community that you continue to build, man, is amazing. That's why I want to make sure I stay involved with you, the communities you're going around the world, developing, and just stay connected, brother. So thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. Uh, light tuition. You know, I know the background of light tuition. It's an incredible background, and y'all have a great mission. Uh, I want the listeners to know, too. Let us know uh, what light tuition does. Absolutely. So actually, I'll take you back to 2009. So like so many college students around the world, I was one of those many struggling seniors in college. I mean, my last year, I maxed out on student loans. And just to give you all some backdrop, I did not come from wealth by any means. We struggled financially. My mom was a single mother, two-time cancer survivor. Uh, unfortunately, she succumbed to her injuries 2020. But she raised us, built off of a big heart the home for the love. So I'm sitting there at K University, my last year of school. Daryl, I'm in tears because not being able to take class for a full year hurts so much. So imagine the unique thing with Kettering, every four months to they had a graduation. So I had to watch the class I came in with graduate, the class that came in behind me graduate. And then it got to the point, I'm like, God, I can't watch the next group come in and graduate. I'll never forget. It was a student there. When he seen me on campus, he's like, you still here? And again, he laughed about it, but it hurt because they didn't know the financial struggles behind the smiles. They didn't realize behind the, uh, the joy, the laughter, there's a lot of teary nights. So I remember praying so hard for an amazing blessing. And then in March of 2009, that blessing came through. I got this phone call. So I'm sitting across the table from my grandmother with my school call, and I just looked down at it. I was like, do I pick up? I was like, you know what? 
what's the worst that can happen. So the lady picked up the phone. When I picked it up, she was like, are you sitting down? And that's not a great way to start a conversation. Right. Are you sitting down? Like, all right, they're about to kick me out of school. they tires in my face. She's like, Mark, I have a letter here that reads, we want to give this young man a $16,000 check to pay for his last year of school with the yeah. one request that paid this gift forward. And Daryl, that, um, that changed my life forever because it blew my mind. Think about it. I was that typical statistical person, uh, single parent household, struggling, poor in the hood. But something like this happened to me. Someone saw something amazing enough to give me $16,000. So once that seed was planted, light tuition began growing. Mm -hmm. All that soil and all that struggle, adversity and affliction, something great was coming up. And in 2019, we launched. And now, whoever that anonymous donor was, we are paying it forward to students all around the world. We're now here, of course, our home base is Michigan. We have a satellite office in London, UK. We just got some amazing partnerships and establishment in Australia. And we just got some boots to the ground in Kenya. So we are moving. We do not plan on stopping. But we are the only platform that allows students to raise money for tuition that's sent directly to their school without the burden of debt. And this is just the beginning for us, my friend. We have already helped over about $200,000 go to students around the country. We have about 96 campaigns running right now, raising $700,000. And this is just the beginning. Right, right. And the thing I love about it, too, or one of the many things I love about the platform, too, is it goes directly to the school. Absolutely. So there's no middleman. It doesn't go through the through any other entity that's directly to the school. So, you know, it's, you know, the school's getting the money. Absolutely. Because you, uh, you don't want to put that temptation in the student's hand. They raised $16,000. So, again, that's where even with that check, the check was written to me, but it was also written to the school I was going to. Mm-hmm. And that's where the concept fully come in place, because I couldn't cash that check. Otherwise, no one would ever heard of like tuition or Mark Alexander if I had that 16 grand in my hand. But I definitely thank them to this day. I still don't know who gave it to me. I had the opportunity to find out. But I think, Daryl, to be honest, is more humbling not to know because it trained me to engage everyone that I came in contact with to treat them like they gave me that money. So, mm-hmm. again, it could be you. It could be anybody that I come across. I have to greet them with a smile and with a thank you. Make sure I show them mad love. Yeah, actually, it was me. I want. I might need that money back. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. (laughs) Yeah. So let's go all the way back to the beginning, though, right? So you you got the idea for light tuition. Uh, you you knew that you want to pay it forward, but you know a lot of the listeners don't know where to even start if they have a great idea and they want to do something, want to start a business or a nonprofit, don't even know where to start, like. How did you know? What, what steps did you take to even get it off the ground? So I would say the first thing I did, so I'm very spiritual. I had to pray on it because I think what happens with so many entrepreneurs, you have a great idea, but it's so intimidating because when you think about it, we don't have the resources. When we're looking at our counterparts, we are behind the eight ball when it comes to intellectual business acumen. And then when it comes to finances, we all know statistics. It's harder for us to get those loans, to grow our businesses, those grants. So we are already 10 steps behind. So our first hour we're praying just to make sure this was a step that I truly had to take. Mm-hmm. And again, side note, I know we know about pre-seed, series A, series B rounds. I was in the mustard seed round. So I had faith the size of a mustard seed to get this thing going. So that's why I started. 
And what I had to do was I had to pivot because of course everyone wants to see these uh, 60 page business plan with forecasting for three to five year projections. I started with one piece of paper. Mm -hmm. I wrote down three things. What did I want to do? How did I need to get there? And if I'm truly committed to it, because as you know, as a successful entrepreneur as well, the journey gets lonely, but it gets challenging. So I had to make sure first I answered those three questions were committed to it. And I just did a one page business plan and build from there. Because what happens so much is we try to make something perfect and we never get to that point. So we ended up delaying our own start on progress. So I made a short plan and took that first step and just continue to build it from there. Right, right. That's a good thing. And for everybody listening, um, I didn't mention this earlier, but if you have any questions to ask to Mark too, make sure you type it into the chat box. I want you all to get your questions answered as well. So feel free. Any questions you have, go ahead and, and type it in as a comment. And I'll go ahead and ask that to Mark too. But and staying with that, Mark, uh, I see the same thing as you, which is, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, they when they face that uh, facing a business or writing a business plan, they get a little overwhelmed and it's too daunting of a task because, you know, they're thinking it has to be a huge, like you said, 30 page with all these projections, all this market research and everything like that. So the fact you kind of scaled it down, this wrote a one page, this uh, I wouldn't call it a business plan, like a synopsis of what yep. you want to do in your direction. Um, once you did that, what was your next step? Did you, you know, did you go try to register the business? Did you like, what was your next step after that? So the next step, I ended up incorporating the business. So I started mm-hmm. off as an LLC, limited okay. liability corporation. And to our listeners out there, the reason I started as an LLC, because you can easily change your LLC into a C corp than it is to change a C corp into an LLC. So at least this way it gave me that buffer. If I decide to bring on investors, I can quickly change to a C-Corp. But if I wanted to stay private and just use as uh, internal shareholders or partners, that was a good step. So I registered my business, got my EIN. And here's the thing. You can go to these uh, LegalZoom attorneys and they will charge you to the roof, which is good because sometimes they would do the proper due diligence. But those few steps cost me only 50 bucks. I incorporated state of Michigan, which is 50 bucks. I got my EIN through the IRS.gov, which is free. Then open a business bank account. And the reason why I did those three steps is because it made it real and tangible for me. I was like, wow, this is this is legit. This isn't just an idea that I had in my mind. I wrote it down on paper, took those small actions, and that began to just build the traction for where we're at now. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a good thing, man. And I mean, that's, you know, I'm an entrepreneur as well. And that's the, the steps I took was small tasks one by one to start yep. trying to knock out one thing at a time which one thing at a time so to see you do the same thing is i know i'm on the right track if you did too <laughs> <laughs> maybe so, to that point which i think is important for us is sometimes we make this long list of stuff and when i used to do it back in the day i see this long mm-hmm. list and d i would get overwhelmed i'll say this is just too much to do so i just started to trim it down what's those top three high level priorities that's going to get me to the next phase and when i started doing those small lists and i look back a year later i said wow i accomplished every single thing but i just broke it down into small parts so that would be one big tip i would definitely give to everybody out there today okay okay and then your your products are tech so you're you, you have a whole platform built um and there's a lot of people listening who are into the tech world and want to have you know an app or software built SaaS, whatever it may be what was your step in that did you think that you had to get funded you get funding off the top how did you even go to this point where you can build an entire platform now that's the secret and that was uh 
the challenge for me because by trade, I am not tech gifted. I was terrified of tech, uh, the coding, the back end, the front end, the all the tech terminology threw me off. And what I realized I had to do was not be afraid to raise my hand and ask questions because what I didn't realize there's so many people that want to help. It's just nobody raising their hand to get the help from. So I remember asking right. somebody, what do I do to get to this next level? <laughs> and this one gentleman was like, oh, it's easy. Here's this network of people you can tap into and they will help you get some things going. It blew my mind simply by asking that question. So for me, I was able to connect with a network of developers. I was like, hey, I have this amazing idea that I would like to bring to the forefront. I'm not good with tech, but can you teach me some of those small steps or connect me with someone? And when I made this connection, I was like, okay, I want you to build it, but I want you to teach me as we're going along. So I paid the developer to get what we call an MVP, a minimal viable product, something that you can at least bring to market and start to play around with. But for me, I wanted to learn each and every step. So for entrepreneurs, your business is your baby. And the one thing you don't want to do is have this beautiful baby that you know is going to grow up and do great things and you know nothing about them. So I made sure I knew every single step. It was a very unique learning curve because it was a lot of stuff I didn't know, a lot of frustrating nights. But now I know everything about light tuition as we continue to scale, continue to grow it. But that first step was connecting with people, learning the code, and as they built it up, started to expand my network with more people that can take me to the next level. Great advice. That's great advice. And we've got a uh, we've got a question from Dawn Alexander. And uh, Mark, if you can give your ten year old self one piece of advice, what would it be? Ooh, whoa, that was a deep question right there. I would say for ten year old Mark is to dream bigger. I can humbly say I would be probably light years ahead of myself if I had enough faith and confidence in my own self back then. And not only the faith and confidence, but if I took those initial steps, grown Mark, Mark at 25 didn't read his first grown book. And I say grown book because uh, this book didn't have uh, any sports, comics, or pictures in it. It was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I didn't read that until later on in my uh, younger adult life. And I wish Mark even earlier to start reading because there was something I heard. If you want to keep the black man down, put information in books. And that was so true because I wasn't reading. Now I read faithfully. The Bible being the number one book I read. I have tons of business books, finance books, and just even personal mental health books that I read. And I wished young Mark would have been reading because my acumen would have been 10 times greater than it is now. But that's why we fall. We're building this pathway to tell other leaders, other young entrepreneurs now, what to start doing. Read your books. Information is the key thing out here to be successful. And I wish I would have started way, way long ago. Yeah. You and me both. We have one more question. Another question from Lynn. And this is uh, looking back at when you started, how has light tuition grown? And is it now what you intended and expected it to be? So it has grown. It has fallen. It has grown again. And I learned the lesson. I wanted it to be a certain way, but there was a saying somebody told me, if it's, if you're not changing, then you're not growing. So with light tuition, we originally started off because it would resonate so much with my own story at focusing just on college students. And I was like, we're going to be everything for all the college students in the world. But then as I started to learn and grow, I realized that education is impacting people even in their high school, junior years, and pre-K. 
So even now, we now focus on every level of education when we scale like tuition. So no, we're not where we're at because we're further ahead of than I expected to be years ago. I, I expected us just to be college bound, where now we're at every single level of education, which just blows my mind as I think about it. So I'm excited about it. I know um, where do we expect to be? We are going to be the center for global education. There are so many fragmented markets around the world of people who want education but can obtain it. What we did recently, which was very exciting for us, and I thank my amazing team again, is we built and helped with a library development over in West Pakota, Kenya. And the thing is, is so much illiteracy that's taking place and the children don't have access to education, where now we give them access to at least a library, that safe haven where they can come in and learn, they can grow and continue to build their own intellect. And that was amazing for us. And just think about that. We, a small company here in Michigan, can build a library overseas. Imagine what we can do as we continue to scale and grow. So we are going to be a global hub for education everywhere. Right, right. And that's huge, man. That's huge. I like the fact that you're growing globally, you know, not just in the United States, but globally. But you also talked about, you touched on a little bit, you know, kind of uh, what you expected versus where you are now and those pivots. I know for me personally, with my business, I've had to take make quite a few different pivots mm -hmm. where I thought it was going to be what I thought we we're going to, you know, the service that we thought we we're going to offer to where we kind of changed it to. What are some of the things that you, um, you know, you changed your, and not even if it's not a full business model change, but you changed from what you originally set out to do to what you're doing now. And how do you handle those as an entrepreneur? So I'm going to start with the latter question first. I would say as an entrepreneur, the best advice I'm going to tell everybody first is hold on and enjoy those small, amazing moments. And that's one thing I wasn't doing early on is we would have some great moments, but I'm already thinking about the next goal. And I'm not enjoying that because the world is tough. It's going to beat you up every single day. And sometimes the only thing that would get you through those days is remembering that happy and great moment that you had. So even going back to those pivots, uh, we launched in 2019. And in December, when we had our prototype ready, I was like, 2020 is going to be the best year ever. And of course, you already know what happened in 2020. The world crashed and closed up, and it forced me to pivot. Now, granted, and again, that's why I said hold on to those happy moments. I was uh, deeply saddened because I'm like, wow, it seemed like everything was going against me. But what the father was doing was saying, I need you to slow down in order to speed up. I need you now to do some self-examination, not just your business, but your own self. Because the one thing you don't want to do as an entrepreneur, it has your business outgrow your own self. Mm -hmm. So I had to step back, do some more reading, do some more research, and really analyze the market that I was going into. And one thing we learned as we continued to pivot was psychographics. I learned about demographics growing up, but no one really dug deep into the psychographics, the psychology behind why people buy and do certain things. And by taking the time to learn that, we was able to pivot where we now have a very in-depth thought process when it comes to strategic marketing on how do we connect with students, how do we get them the resources they need, but how do we make sure they have the most optimal success of going to school and getting an education. So that was one of the pivots we had to take place. And of course, as we continue to grow, uh, we had to make sure we scaled our technology. And that was another pivot where I was like, wow, I have to now take a step back, pray and figure out. And this year, what we did was we brought on a, a CTO because I realized uh, technology is constantly changing. And in order for me to be successful, the biggest pivot I had to do now was work on my business versus in my business. Now, granted, I still do a lot within light tuition, but 
I had to change my mindset where I need to focus on where we need to be and then surround myself with intellectually high people that can get us to those points. All right. Good deal. we got another question from Grab My Bag. Emery. Shout out to Emery. I grab my bag. Her question is, what's your vision, personal and professional, for the future? Ooh, personal. I'm going to start with personal first. Um, My personal goal is to spend more time with my family. And the reason I say that, of course, I lost my mom in 2020. I lost an amazing aunt two years before that, and my grandmother uh, three years before that. And in my mind, when I lost my grandma, I was like, I'm going to work so hard where I can put my family in a good spot where we never have to worry about anything. But I ended up working so hard that I missed out on those times to really connect with them. Uh, 2020, of course, the world shut down. You would've, I would have never thought my mom would have passed. And looking back, there's so many conversations, sit-downs I would love to do. And I realized I will never miss any amazing event with any of my loved ones going forward. So personal goal is, and that's why I told everybody earlier, working on my business. So I can be there for all those amazing events, whether they're birthdays, family gatherings, holy days, or just movie nights where we sit down and watch Netflix. That is key and important for me. From a professional standpoint, I want to lay the foundation when any and everyone, either by uh, side by side with me or coming behind, will be successful. One thing I learned growing up from Pontiac was when you get to the point and you can open that gate, you make sure you get all your people, your community, your amazing family, loved ones through that gate. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to break it open where we now have our own ecosystem where we can be successful. On the side note, shout out to Grab My Bag. They're doing some amazing things out there where they're changing the way luggage is being shipped and delivered around the world. And they're a game changer. And it's my thing is to have strong people, base power, Grab My Bag, Roomie, Pop Check, so many amazing entrepreneurs I met where we can be those catalysts to make sure people of color, whether you're male or female, no matter where you come from, are successful. You have the resources. You have the tools, but most importantly, you have the finances to scale and grow your business. So that's where I'm looking at both personally and professionally uh, in the future for us. Right, right. And you kind of touched on it. Uh, what's one piece of advice you would give a, you know, a black entrepreneur who's maybe hasn't started the business yet and is kind of discouraged, you know, mm. for whatever reason, you know, <laughs> lack of resources, lack of time, whatever reason. What advice would you give that person um, when it comes to starting and growing a business? So there's a... There's a quote, a saying I, I heard years ago. A system can't fail a people it wasn't set up for it to begin with. The issue I had was, and I visualized this engine coming from an engineer background and discipline. I kept trying to fit my gear into a system that wasn't accepting me. And the more and more I kept trying to fit this gear into that system, the more and more I had so much uh, setbacks. And that's why I had to take a step back and do my own self-examination and say, you know what? We need to create our own system to be successful. So I'll share a brief story with you. I was involved in this very prestigious business competition where they take all these companies from around the country and they gauge if you're truly committed, what's your scalability, if you're ready for investments. And I remember reading the feedback. Now, Daryl, again, I shared earlier with everyone, I by no means came from any type of financial wealth. We bootstrapped and we scraped everything that we had to get light tuition to where today. And in that beginning phase, that was about $39,000 over the course of two and a half years to get us where we're at. And in that feedback, they said, you have not invested enough hard cash 
to show that you are invested and believe in this business. And Daryl, when I when I heard that, the light bulb went off. Like I've been trying so hard to fit into this system, and it's not meant for me. So for my black founders, first you have to have faith and hope. You have to make sure you believe in yourself enough to make sure you're going to be successful and get this thing going. Second, start to tap into your resources. Read, of course, connect with people, but expand your network. As Daryl shared earlier, he and I met earlier this year, and we continue to build this bond, this brotherhood, and our own networks and communities, which is amazing. Third, and I think most importantly, don't let anybody that has not walked in your suit or shoes dictate where you're going to be in life. That person I said we ain't invest enough hard capital, have not seen where we have scaled and grown now, where we are 100% successful, comfortable, and blessing people all around the world. So that'd be some of the advice I'll share and uh, provide from that standpoint for our amazing black founders out there. All right. All right. We've got another question from Damon, son of Jacob. This is Jacob's boy. What were a few of your benchmarks that you established for light tuition initially that you've accomplished? And what benchmarks have you set for the near future? Oh, some good business questions right there. That sounds like a wise brother. Um, I know some of the benchmarks that we put in place. Of course, just having that prototype, that was the biggest benchmark out there for us because it's one thing to say, you know, I have this great idea, but it's another thing to bring that great idea to life. So having that first campaign, and again, going back to my mom, she was the first person to test out the platform, and it feels so great to be able to send that campaign out, let people see it, view it. That's when light tuition came to life. Another benchmark following that one was to... Me personally, be with light tuition full time. So last year, I was able to take that leap of faith and have not looked back. Now, granted, uh, one thing I uh, now shared to all my amazing founders, when you're working and doing the business, it's a lot different than when you're doing your business full time. So save up, be frugal and scale back. And we'll share a little bit more about that as well. But it taught me so many things. Our future benchmarks, we're looking to have over 5,000 users and campaigns in 2023, so that way we can scale our impact that we're doing to students all around the world. We plan to be in uh, two additional countries, so that way we continue to plant seeds as we go around and impact communities of economically disadvantaged, underserved people around the world. And I think third, of course, is to make sure our team is happy. The one thing I've learned my years in corporate America, when you have a happy team that has a happy home life, there's nothing stopping them. They're gonna come to work and give more than you can ever expect out of them simply by treating them like the amazing people they are. So I think that's the most, and uh, going back to our core values, biggest benchmark that I have out there. Make sure my team is happy and taken care of because a happy team is going to make sure we have a happy community, happy company, and happy profits for us. All right. All right. And uh, I'm not going to take up too much of your time. I'm, you've been very generous with it already, but I want to leave with this question here. Uh, for everybody listening, uh, tell us you know, one tool and then also one book that you would suggest that um, the entrepreneurs look into. Ooh, that is a, that's great. One tool I would recommend that we are currently using is called Zoho. So what Zoho is, it's a suite of applications that you can use to turn your growing business into that enterprise business. So we are not able to do everything in-house where we have our HR portal, our financing, bookings, subscriptions, anything that the large scale corporations are doing, we can do as well. And that keeps all of our team members here locally in the state, as well as those around the country, 
connected. We're even our CTO through this operating system that can dial into the laptops, make sure they're taken care of, and we can scale exponentially. So that was an amazing tool that we onboarded that I would highly recommend to yours. And then from a book standpoint, I'm going to do two. The first one, of course, is the Bible because I've learned so many business tools within the Bible that I wasn't aware of. Now, with me, it sat on the desk for years with dust, and I didn't read it. But once I cracked that book open, I learned so many of life's secrets. Uh, the second book I'm going to just add as well is called The Great CEO Within. That was an amazing read for me, which helped me scale from an intellectual standpoint how my internal organization needs to be structured to grow. As I mentioned earlier, I want to work on the business and not in the business as we continue to make light tuition a global organization. And that was a great read for us. All right, everybody. This is Mark Alexander of light tuition. Mark first episode of the vision podcast. You were the first guest. I really hey. appreciate you taking the time out, man. Hey, first, not last. I hope uh, as you continue to grow, it'd be some more collaboration on the road, my friend. I thank you so much for this opportunity. Yes, sir. I'll see you soon. Yes, sir. Take care.